Hello and welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 12. I'm your host, Akatar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How you doing, Nihal? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, Sahil. How about yourself? I'm pretty tired right now, but yeah, okay. I'm sure I'll get less tired once we start with the podcast. Alright, let's do it. <laughs> Alright, well, the biggest news that's probably happened since uh, we've last recorded is Miguel Herrera, the Mexican national team coach, being fired on Monday uh, for punching a reporter in Philadelphia. Yeah. What are your first thoughts on this? Um... Wow, he punched a reporter. You know, I, I, I mean, he has to be fired for doing that, right? You can't, yeah. you can't keep that kind of player or that kind of coach. Um, that kind of coach cannot be associated with your national team. Of course, they had just won the gold cup, but overall, a pretty disappointing gold cup. Uh, they they finished second in their group um, to Trinidad. Uh, they got bailed out by the referee twice. They did have a good performance um, in the final, but you know, it might be good for Mexico that he's that he's fired. Um, but also, uh, he, you know, this is their, I think the, their next coach will be the 15th coach since 1999 for the Mexican national team. That's crazy. In that span, the U.S. has had three. So it's, you know, there's a lot. There's, I mean, you'd think a consistency of coach would, like, it's, it would, would be, like do a lot. It's but, good. I mean, Mexico and the U.S. have been, like, around the same level for the past 15 years. Well, Mexico, but the thing is, Mexico has always had more talented players. Yeah, that's true. So the U.S., the stability in coaching... I mean, the U.S. has really uh, taken advantage of that and has have played well. But Mexico, in the last World Cup cycle, they had three coaches. And, you know, it showed with Chepo de la Torre and uh, Vucetic. So, you know, they, they hopefully they can find a coach and, and, you know, they can stay with that manager through the World Cup. Do you, think this, do you think this will affect the Confederations Cup playoff oh, at all? 100%. I mean, it's a new, it'll be a new coach. He might not even call up the same players. Different lineup, different strategy. Different way of operating in practice. Um, so, uh, fortunately, they will have those friendlies in September beforehand to maybe sort all of that out. Um, but it might not be enough time for them to rebound. And remember, the same thing. Chepo de la Torre got fired before the U.S.'s uh, last competitive competitive match versus Mexico um, in, in the 2014 World Cup qualifiers. Um and, you know, they ended up losing to a Josie Alfador list and a Matt Beasler list, uh, U.S. and Columbus. So they had a difficult time in that match. Um, it's going to take some time for them to adjust. But luckily they do have a couple of months before that um, to, get, to get familiarized with the new manager. Um, in other news in world football, Michelle Platini, who is currently the president of UEFA, um, is going to be running for that job of FIFA president um, when Sapletta resigns. Yeah, you know, it's uh, Platini has done a lot um, in international football or in European football, not necessarily for. Um, he's of course instituted the financial fair play rule, um, which tends to hurt smaller teams. Actually, yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's that's a topic for a different episode. Um, you know, he's he's he does not agree with Set Bladder, which might seem good for like from a fan perspective, but he's also you know he's. I don't think he's above corruption, and I, I don't really... I've never been a huge fan of Platini and how he operates, um, but he might be he might be better than but than Sepp Blatter. Ideally, I think you have an, someone outside of soccer come in and, and be... and Someone who knows how to run a business come in and uh, run FIFA. Or uh, not a business, but a non-profit. Maybe. Really? You don't, you don't think they should have some soccer experience? I mean, maybe like a, as a fan, but, you know... Maybe it's good for someone with some clarity and who's not caught up in the game and the emotions and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It might be better better for FIFA as a whole. Yeah. So you want to talk about MLS? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, the weekend began. I'm, I'm just going to list off the results. The weekend began on Friday, July 24th with RSL taking on Sporting KC in Utah, and they won 2-1. Oh, man. Did you see Phil Haber's goal? Yeah, was did fantastic. That, goal. that was insane. And then, I mean, all the goals in that match were really nice. Morales' goal, too, for RSL was, was really, really nice. Um, but yeah, good win for RSL. Uh, Columbus Crew tied Toronto FC 3-3 um, in Matt Free Stadium. Uh, yeah, I mean, they were up 3-0, Columbus was. Um, so, you know, pretty pretty bad, you know, fall at the end. Josie Altidore hits a penalty in the 88th minute to tie it up. Uh, he also drew that penalty. And big news from that match is Jovinko got hurt. Um... But yeah, I, I don't know what happened to Crew SC in that second half. That was not a good performance by them. Montreal Impact won one zero against Seattle. Seattle keeps on dropping points against these teams, right? Yeah. Uh, but Dempsey will be back, so that's good for them. Chicago drew New England two two. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say in that match. It was it was an exciting match. The Houston Dynamo won 3-0 in Houston against LA. LA has not won on the road yet this year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they they you know they they need to they need to start figuring out how to how to win on the road. How can you be? How can I think they second in the West or is it third? This I think they're second right now. Um, actually, no, I think they fell to third. Vancouver's second. Yeah, how can you be third in the West and not win on the road? It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, Chicago, sorry, I already said that. <laughs> FC Dallas beat Portland 4-1. Wow, FC Dallas is on fire right now. Yeah. A rematch of, well... The first match. Yeah, a rematch of the first match where uh, the two expansion teams played for the first time. NYCFC beat Orlando 5-3. What a game. It was a great game, uh... You know, Orlando almost comes back at the last second. Kaka, Josh Saunders makes a big save um, when it's 4-3. And then, you know, NYCFC marches down the other way and, and ties it, or, and scores a goal to go up 5-3. And Orlando really dominated that match. And at halftime, Jason Christ said, you know, he said, we didn't expect that formation of those tactics from Orlando. And then we're, we're going to make a lot of changes. And guess what? He did. Jurgen Klinsmann should take note. <laughs> <laughs> And the funny thing is, we said we weren't going to talk about the U.S. in this yeah. episode. We were already comparing Mexico to the U.S. That's true. Um, but, you know, th- this is big for NYCFC because they're always being compared to Orlando. And yeah. it's nice to get a win against them. Yeah, yeah. and I, they won the first the first match, didn't they? Didn't they win 2 nothing, Or was it a draw? It was a draw, 1-1 one, one draw. Remember the deflected free kick? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Orlando had someone sent off, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking they lost. Um, next game is DC United beating Philadelphia 3-2. Yeah, um, DC United just continues to win win their matches, and uh, Philadelphia was up two nothing in like the fourth minute in this match, or the eighth minute or something like that. Crazy. So uh, DC, good job coming back. Got a late winner. Vancouver at home beat San Jose three to one. And Vancouver back to their winning ways. San Jose back to their losing ways. Yeah, well, those are all the MLS results for this weekend. Um, now I'm going to talk about the standing. So let's do the Eastern Conference first. DC United is first place with 38 points. Seven points down is Columbus Crew FC, SC <laughs> with 31 points. New York Red Bulls are in third with 29 points. Toronto FC is in fourth. New England's in fifth. Montreal's in sixth. NYCFC is in seventh. Orlando City FC is in eighth. Oh, wow. So that, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was a big game yeah, for even now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Because I mean, Orlando's all, been above. They're still on 24 points, Orlando. Remember we had that episode where Orlando was on, like, three weeks ago, where Orlando was on 24 yeah, points. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we were talking to Ian Joy, we were, we were always talking about how Orlando's Orlando was, outperforming yeah. them. Yeah. Now they're behind them. Uh, Philadelphia Union sits in ninth, and as always, Chicago Fire is in 10th place. <laughs> <laughs> in the West, FC Dallas is first, Whitecaps are second, LA Galaxy is third, Sporting KC is fourth, Seattle's fifth. Portland Timbers are 6th, RSL 7th, Houston Dynamo 8th, San Jose Earthquakes 9th, and Colorado Rapids are 10th. Alright, so now let's go to my power rankings. Alright, at number 1, moving up one spot from number 2, FC Dallas. They get a huge win, and the Galaxy lose to Houston on the road. So, um, uh, I mean, if re- FC Dallas have been too good to not put them at the top. They're leading the Supporter Shield race. Galaxy down 1-2. to two. D.C. United stays at three after their win over Philly. Columbus up one, even though they drew. Um, I, I just think they're in a really good position, and they're playing well right now. It was a little bit of a fluky comeback for Toronto. Um, but like I said, it wasn't a great performance at the end, but I still think Columbus should be up there. Vancouver, who are third in the or who are second in the West right now, are up to up two to five. Um, SKC stays at six. Seattle down three to number seven. Uh, they were number one for me two weeks ago. Um, Toronto at eight, uh, Red Bulls at nine, uh, Portland at ten, New England at eleven. Those all three, eight through eleven, all stayed the same. Uh, Montreal up three to number twelve. They're in playoff position right now. You know, I we've I've been telling you for a long time. I think this is a playoff caliber team, and they're only getting better with Didier Drogba coming in. So they're they're in playoff position right now. They are in sixth place. Uh, they're on 24 points, tied with New York City and Orlando, but they do have three games in hand against those teams. Um, and then in 13th is NYCFC up three as well. 14th, Orlando down two. RSL at 15 down two. Houston up three um, to 16. 
Philadelphia stays at 17. San Jose down three to 18. Colorado stays at 19. And Chicago at 20. Bottom of the league once again. Yeah, uh, so... What are your thoughts? Well, one thing that I noticed is that, you know, FC Dallas has played less games than LA. Or, right. Yeah. And, you know, they're one two... One less game. They're, and they're two spots... I mean, they're two spots above them in the Western Conference. So why do you think LA... I mean, the addition of Giovanni Dos Santos is what right. I just thought of, but uh, why else do you think LA is a superior team? Well, FC Dallas is above them right now in my power rankings. Um, FC Dallas is number one, and Galaxy number two. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. I, I, it was a fair question last week, too. Why, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, why, why is LA even above DC or uh, Vancouver um, or even Columbus? Uh, well, no, they should be above Columbus. Um, but... It's just they have too much talent. Bruce Arena knows how to how to how to set up the team, especially in the second half of the season. Um, I think they're a little bit tired because of the ICC as well, uh, and I think really in the next couple of weeks they should move back up. Um, if not in the supporter, sh- not in first place in the supporter shield, definitely second place in the West, um, and maybe even second place in the supporter shield race. You know they have the talent. They have Gerard Dos Santos, Sebastian Letjet, Robbie Keane. Um, Jesse Zardes, Jose, Jose Villarreal is a, I mean, a bench player in this league, which is kind of ridiculous. And Juninho, too, who played in the All-Star match. Um, so the talent is there. The coaching is there. FC Dallas, um, they're playing very, very, very well right now, but they have a history of, you know, falling off towards the end. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think Dallas, I mean, I really think Dallas should be a MLS Cup contender or considered an MLS Cup contender right now. So, yeah. Uh, so another thing that I see is Columbus is in fourth and Red Bulls are in ninth. And in the East, uh, Columbus has played three more games and are only two points up on the Red Bulls. So, uh, well, yeah, why is Red, why are Red Bulls only nine too? Um, I just think the Western Conference teams, Vancouver, Seattle, SKC, and Seattle are above them. And I think Toronto just edges them in terms of talent since they're getting Michael Bradley back as well. Um, yeah. So I, I think... That's why I have Toronto right above Red Bulls. I, I think that's a fair shout. You know, I, I would I would be fine with having the Red Bulls above Toronto too, especially since they're getting um, Sean Wright Phillips and Gonzalo Verón, uh, which we'll talk about later. Um, so you know, actually, maybe I made a mistake there, <laughs> but yeah. um, I don't know. I think those team those teams are very equal right now. But when push comes to shove, Toronto is a better MLS Cup contender. It's unusual to see RSL so low. I mean, historically, right. they're one of the better MLS sides. Do you see them making the playoffs this year? They're in seventh, one spot. You below. know, I didn't, but they they got a shot. They really do. They're they're only three points out of fifth and sixth place. Um, Seattle and the Timbers are kind of in a free fall. Um, so, I mean, RSL's got a chance, and they're playing well. They beat a very good SKC team at home. So, or well, they, RSL was at home, but I mean, they still beat a very good SKC in a very hot. Uh, sporting Kansas City team. So uh, they got good players. They got the talent. They're getting Beckerman back. We'll see if that helps the team. It should. I ended up getting Ramondo back. Although Jeff Antonella has had a fantastic spell of games while Ramondo is not, is not there. You watched the SKC game. He was very good in that match. Yeah. So I think they can make the playoffs. Um, yeah. Seattle is down three to number seven in your power rankings. And I'm wondering... If you're including the fact that Clint Dempsey's coming back from international duty, uh, I mean, I just can't have them higher. They're 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 sixth in the or they're fifth in the West. Yeah, I can't have them higher than that. Um, I mean, the other teams are playing better. Um, I mean, if yet if Dempsey wasn't coming back, they might even be lower. I mean, right now they're above Portland and above New York and above Toronto. So, yeah. Do you have anything else to say on your power rankings? No, no. Want to move on? Yeah, uh, so for the second time, uh, MLS has hosted a little game uh, where they, you know, gather up a bunch of MLS homegrown players and play against another team. Um, this time, it was against Club I America. thought you were like, talking about the MLS All-Star game for a second. <laughs> <laughs> like second That's right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, the Chipotle homegrowns uh, lost to Club America U-20s in a penalty shootout um, after tying 1-1 before that in regular time. Tommy right. Thompson scored for... The Dupoli homegrowns. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, it's also Landon Donovan's coaching debut. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a fun game. It really is. 
And I'm glad they're playing Club America U20s instead of Portland, too. I think this is just more fun. Yeah. Um, although, why why were Club America's numbers in the 200? Yeah, I didn't That was that. really weird. I saw so many questions about that on the live stream in the YouTube. Oh, really? I think, yeah. Um, and well, I mean, the Chipotle jerseys were pretty cool, though. I yeah, they were. Um, I, I think Tommy Thompson played very well. Uh, ben Swanson was pretty good. Uh, Zendejas, the FC Dallas 16-year-old, he's a great player. He's the, the youngest player youngest player in the league right now. Um, and he's going to be big for the U-17s, um, along with Luca De La Torre um, and Kristen Pulisic. So, uh, you know, there's some bright spots. Unfortunately, they, I mean, they drew. Club America kind of dominated the match. But also, that team plays together week in and week out. Um, the homegrown players, you know, they don't. Um, but, you know, Russell Tybert was also very good. So Russell Tybert and Tommy Thompson, I think, were the two best players in the match. Um, Chapman was decent in the second half. Uh, defensively, they were pretty good. And I think I think Donovan had the tactics right. So, good for him. So I, I, I can't wait until the day when he becomes the coach and leaves Jonathan Klinsman off the team. <laughs> that would be hilarious. And if he just tweeted, like, ha ha ha. <laughs> He's too much of a professional. Yeah, he is. Um, so I'm going to ask you this. In five years, how many of the players who played in this game will be on the All-Star game? Oh, how am I supposed to answer that? Okay, fine. What players will be on the... If you can name some. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with who's going to stick around, right? I mean, a lot of these players have the potential to move to yeah. Europe. I think Tybert's in MLS are through and through. Yeah. Um, what about Thompson? Do you think, you think his future is in MLS? You know, I I kind of hope not because I don't think he's an MLS player. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think uh, so. He's he, maybe he he could jump to Mexico or maybe to a, just a different team in MLS because San Jose style does not suit him, um, especially Dom Kinnear style. So, uh, I mean, Thompson has all the potential in the world, um, but you know, it's like it's kind of like a Luis Gill situation. We'll see how much playing time he gets going forward because Luis Gill is, was also that way. Um, Although Luis Gill is more of an RSL player. Um, but Tommy Thompson is, you know, he's starting to get into the lineup a little bit more, um, which is good. Uh, but I, 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 yeah, I really don't know how to answer that question because I, I think I think there's a good chance Tommy Thompson actually does go to Europe. Yeah. But I think Russell Tyrant will be an MLS All-Star. So, there's that. Maybe Ben Swanson. Five years, he'll be 21. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, why don't we talk about the MLS All-Star game? MLS All-Stars beat Tottenham 2-1, to goals from Kaka uh, and David Villa, and Tottenham scored one from Harry Kane. Oh, what a great goal from Kane. Yeah. Mistake from Beasler though. And it's, cra- it's crazy how the perception of Kane has just changed so much in, like, the past two years. He's such a good... I mean, well, he wasn't really... Uh, he wasn't really... People didn't really know about him before last year. No, I mean... No, I mean, well... I mean, the to- like, I know Tottenham fans knew about well, him. Yeah, like, Tot- he was always, like, a youth product of... Of Tottenham, See, he's young, he young enough. Coming. If he scored 31 goals in all competitions, obviously the perception's going to change. <laughs> but, it, but it happened so quickly, though. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like a meteoric rise. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think I, I was skeptical, but I think I'm buying into Harry Kane. I think he his positioning is great, um, but he can also create his own goals. You know, so I really, I really like the player. Yeah. Hopefully he comes to MLS someday. <laughs> so what do you think about uh, the All-Star side of things? How do they look? Uh, they look good. Especially for a team... Especially in the first half when the better players were out there. Second half, not so much. Although Ethan Finley was great, I thought. Kai Kamara, that skill run down the wing. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I wish... Yeah. I, I mean, great defending by the Tottenham player, but Castillo... Castillo probably should have had a goal or two in this match. Um, but, you know... It's crazy in the last three years since we started watching this game how much better the MLS All Stars are. Like how just the quality of our top yeah. players. Because just 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 think about it for a second. Our front three was Kaká, David Villa, and Clint Dempsey. This is MLS. That's crazy. I mean, it's it's insane. It really is. And to think like Joe Vinko, Robbie Keane, Steven Gerrard, and Frank Lampard, none of those guys played. Yeah. And those are some of our top players. Pirlo didn't play, did he? Pirlo didn't. Well, yeah, yeah. Pirlo didn't play either. So I thought Dax McCarty was really good too, actually. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this game? Oh, poor Benny Fellhaber didn't get the start. Yeah. He should. <laughs> I, I mean, they wanted as a holding midfield player. So. Yeah, and you said Donovan got the tactics right, so. Donovan was a homegrown game. This is Pablo Mastroeni, the All Star game. 
Wow. I don't know how I confuse those two. <laughs> it's okay. You said you were, you said you were tired at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so at least you have that going for you. Donovan coaching them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's, but um, it's the host. I thought I thought Denver did a great job of hosting the All Star match from what it looked like. So yeah, yeah. So Don Garber spoke at halftime, and yes, one did. of the things he brought up was MLS discussing um, the addition of instant replay to their game. So what do you think about that? I, you, oh man, I don't know. Right, I feel like in light of what happened with Panama, uh, it should be there, but it'll be interesting to see how it takes away from the flow of the game. You know what I mean? Um, and I think. I think now, if, if that were to be instituted, referees are going to call more penalties, and maybe, yeah, they're going to call more penalties if they have instant replay to, to fall back upon. And, you know, soccer peers say, you know, human error is part of the game, but when you just have, like, a gut-wrenching loss like Panama, that just, it's a travesty, you, you have to start thinking about how to improve the game. Um, and maybe if you have someone, um, you know, watching it, and then, you know, sending a message to the referee... It's possible to make it work. It really is. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's, MLS, you know, has tested things before. Goal line technology and the spray thingy, Bob. I just said thingy, Bob. Yeah, the shake spray. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a good place to test things out. And then Don Garber also talked about changing the MLS All-Star format to MLS East versus MLS West. Yeah, I think it might be good to change it. Why? Um... You know, I was, I was listening to ESPN FC, and I think um, Ale Moreno brought up a good point. He said, you know, when this when they started doing this, it was really good for MLS because it brought publicity to the league. But the thing is, now we're at a point where people already know about the league, and really it's a lose-lose situation for MLS. It's either a friendly, or it's, you know, where MLS All-Stars suck. Well, I mean, beating a team in a friendly isn't like... Is that a lose? No, it's not. I mean, it's a it's a fun experience, right? It's a great, it's a cash grab essentially. But if you have East versus West, you get to see more of MLS's talent on the field. It's more of a showcase of our league. Right? Yeah, this is just this is just a team in preseason that is happening to play our MLS All Stars. You know. Yeah, but but I think if like some like European player is like watching the MLS All Star game and then you see them beating Bayern Munich or Chelsea, like European a- fan. No, player. Player? Yeah. Oh, they think, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, like, they'll know that, like, they're playing in, like, a higher quality of level than if they're just watching, like, an MLS All-Star or East versus West. It doesn't really say much about the league. I mean, it showcases the league. It would be fun. No, it, but I don't know, like... It, it does say a lot about this league. Because Benny Philhopper is starting. Fabian Castillo is starting. Ethan Finley gets called into the team from the get-go. You know what I mean? These players who... You're not going to... As MLS gets better and better, you want to see our best talent on the field. I mean, beating Tottenham doesn't really say anything about our league. No. Same. I mean, kind of. Ugh. I mean, we ha- it says we have the talent. I mean, we're not going to get destroyed. We have good. We have good players. But what? But at some point, you know, you maybe want to switch because um, I don't know. It's it's you want to see more of your league's talent. Yeah. And maybe you can cultivate a real rivalry between East versus West in the future. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I think another. I think another good option is playing a, a Liga MX All Star team. I think that'd be really cool. I think that'd be. Awesome. That'd be uh, yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I, I, this is not our thing at all. But Liga MX Tigres. I mean, they got Guignac. I don't. Guignac went to Tigres, right? I don't. I'm not sure. He was like the second leading scorer in, in Liga. Yeah, then, yeah, I know who. Yeah, and they also got they also got Uke, the Villarreal player. Did yeah, you know that? yeah. No, I didn't know. Those that. are great signings. I just wanted to say that. I mean, wow. <laughs> what? What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was just all proud of MLS's moves that we made, and then. Well, we did get Dos Santos. I'm sure they would rather have had yeah. Dos Santos than any of those players. Really? I mean, yeah. For marketability. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, do you think, like, when you're comparing MLS and Liga MX, do you think that, are are those, like, I know MLS fans are, like, kind of, like, obsessed with, like, the growth of the game. Right. But, like, do you think that, like, Liga MX has, like, that is one of their priorities? 
the growth of the game? Or are they more concerned in like how their teams do? Like no, no, who wins the competition? They're more concerned. They're not like. I mean. Okay. See, this is not, this is not really true anymore. But before Tigres, Copa Libertadores run, you wouldn't see all the teams tweeting MLS for Montreal. They wouldn't be tweeting Liga MX for Tigres. Yeah. But actually, they did in the Copa Libertadores final. But you know what I mean? Like, in the CONCACAF Champions League, they wouldn't do that. They're, yeah. they're much less... I think they're much more interested in, in the individual rivalries, and um, and that's what happens when your league is eight, 70 years old. I mean, that's already built in, right? You, as, a, as a crew fan, you know, I've become a crew fan recently. It's not been instilled in me, so I can handle rooting for Montreal, right? I can... Uh, the only drawback for me is that they're Canadian team winning the CONCACAF Champions League instead of an American team. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... I don't know. I, I think they're much less obsessed with it because Mexico is already is is already a soccer country. Um, like when 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 you when you look at it from an MLS fan perspective, there's three people you're fighting: Americans who don't like soccer, right? Who say soccer sucks? Europeans who think MLS is trash, and Euro snobs in this country who think MLS is trash. So you, I mean, you're always you know you're always obsessed with the league getting better and proving to people that the league is a good league. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Liga MX, obviously they want to get better. It's not going to... Yeah. But, you know, they are getting better, too. And they have the money, so... Yeah, it's true. I just think, to be honest, a lot of players would rather come play in the U.S. than in Mexico. Controversy. Not, I mean, <laughs> not really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no. Yeah. I, is, well, like Cancun? Yeah, but I don't, I don't even know if they have a team. Do they? Maybe. It might just be, like, called something. Yeah, probably, no, it definitely is. But, I'm, <laughs> yeah. like, that, that being said, the people, there's not, you know, people don't want to come play in Columbus or Chicago. I mean, I don't know why people want to play in Chicago, because Chicago's a great city, but they want to come play in New York or L.A. That's, you know, that's yeah. another issue. So, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, as a whole, the U.S. is just a much more appealing place. I'm just saying, L.A. is, L.A. is probably more appealing than play, going, play, going to play in Guadalajara for Dos Santos. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, I don't know if I like the whole, like, like, play, like, like, play, like, play teams that have, like, really, like, marketable places, like, you know, like, like, players who come to LA or Orlando or whatever. Right. Because, like, that, that makes it seem like, okay, because, like, when you're talking about European clubs, like, their clubs can be big because of the play, like the locations that they're in, but it's not like players come because of the locations, because of the size of the club, because right, like, right. and not not every big city in Europe is going to have a big team, right? You know, like what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but the thing is, where would you rather live, Sal? L.A. or Columbus? I mean, for obviously for family reasons and stuff, maybe Columbus. Yeah, but but, but I mean, would you want to live in Turin? I mean, probably not. Yeah, that but much. we don't have that luxury. We don't have. That's what I'm saying. Our league is only 20 years. No, old. no, no, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, but I, mean, I, like, I don't always want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't always want it, but there's also mechanisms in place in MLS to to cater to parity. Although we could be seeing the end of that. Yeah. Which, to be honest, is probably good on a on the grand scheme for the growth of the league as a worldwide club. Because if you if you have clubs like LA and um, Seattle or whatever dominating, they become icons. You know, they become true. teams that that can get bandwagoners. Yeah, which yeah. is what you need <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So why don't we talk about the the, the Copa Libertadores? We were just talked right, about it before. Tigres and River River Plate played out to a one zero 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 a zero zero draw. So this is the first leg. First leg. Two legged tie. Yeah. Um, well, Tigres were at home. They missed out on a great opportunity. Um, but River Plate's back. You know, they, they got relegated a few years ago, um, and they came back up into the Argentine, Argentine uh, First Division, um, and, you know, they didn't have a great group stage. They only got seven points. They were the last seed coming out of the group stage. Um, Tigres actually won the group with 14 points. River Plate had seven points, and then um, River Plate, you know, they had to... they. They got through. They they beat Boca Juniors in the first in the first knockout rounds in the round of sixteen because Boca Juniors got disqualified. Um, but I believe they beat Cruzeiro in the quarterfinals, which is a great team. 
Um, and, you know, they're back. You know, they're, they're a great team. And you have to say River Plate has the advantage because away goals, first of all, don't matter. First, don't matter in the final. So they really do have an advantage at home. Um, although Tigres are a very, very good team. And, you know, they're looking to be the first Mexican team to win. And they have a lot going for them. So I wouldn't count Tigres out. I think because of the name River Plate, people automatically assume that they're the better team, right? Yeah. But Tigres won the group with River Plate, and they were the second seed in this competition, Tigres were, or yeah. are. So, um, uh, I think Tigres still got a shot. They, they definitely, they possess the ball 61% of the time to um, River Plate's 39. Um, but all that being said, River Plate probably has the advantage going back home, so... Yeah. It was not a very good match. There were no chances in this match. Yeah, but this was, I mean, normally I wouldn't like a two-legged, you know, two-legged final, but, I mean, it's going to make the second leg very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's basically, two, two, two. yeah, it's basically just a, a match. Yeah. <laughs> a regular final. A one-off match. So why don't we go back to some MLS news. LA Galaxy parted ways with their Panamanian goalkeeper, Jaime Pinedo, due to contract disputes. So then they, uh, in replacement, they traded second-round pick, uh, their second-round pick to Orlando City SC for Donovan Ricketts. Oh, what a terrible move. Just an awful move. They, Pinedo was claiming that L.A. wouldn't, would not um, draft a, a uh, no-trade contract, or they wouldn't, they wouldn't present a no-trade contract with Pinedo, which is all he wanted. And when he, he really is the best goalkeeper in the league, I believe. Um, or up, right up there with Romando, maybe. I, I I mean you gotta you gotta do that you gotta make sure you hold on to him because he is such an invaluable player you can you know you can see the loss of quality when he wasn't at the Gold Cup or when he was at the Gold Cup and wasn't with L A and you know L A fans are outraged if you go to the L A's page they're really bad and Ricketts was a great keeper but he's thirty eight yeah which I mean keepers can play that old um, I mean anyone can play that old but it's you know. Ricketts really seems like he's past his prime. <laughs> I mean, he is yeah, past his yeah, prime, I mean, but he, re- yeah. he really seems like, he seems like he's ready to hang it up um, or hang up the boots. And I, I really don't think this is a good move. Ricketts, obviously, I, I mean, Ricketts is a decent move if Pinedo's not going to be there, but parting ways with Pinedo is a terrible move, you know? And, you know, you, it could just be because of salary cap issues because Dos Santos is coming in. We don't know that. Um, but... I mean, if it's just because they didn't want to have a no-trade clause in the contract, I think that's ridiculous. So, we'll see where Pinedo ends up if he stays in MLS or goes back to Panama. It would be a pretty big loss. For the league? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would affect things in the grand scheme of things too much, but he, he's I mean, a great, he's one of the best keepers in CONCACAF, so... And, you know, the Panamanian fans watch watch MLS because of him. Yeah. And Blas Perez. So. I mean, yeah. He's one of the best keepers in CONCACAF, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. He could be the best. <laughs> I mean, you think Ochoa goes up there? Uh, if he's on form. Yeah. I mean, maybe the World Cup just blinds us sometimes. Taylor Navas. I mean... Yeah. Right. Tim Howard when he was in form. Yeah. yeah. All uh, right, MLS transfers. Yeah, Philadelphia Union signed Tranquilo Barnetta. He's a 29-year-old Swiss international from Schalke. He played in three World Cups. Scored three goals and 22 appearances for Schalke last season. Second most cap player in Swiss history. Um, in 75 appearances, he scored 10 goals. For the Swiss national team. Yeah. I mean, what a resume, right? I mean, that's a great signing for Philadelphia. Especially yeah. since, unfortunately, Nogueira got hurt for them. Um, but this is just the biggest signing in club history, maybe. Yeah. Um, and he's he's a good player. He's got th- he, he made 22 appearances in the Bundesliga. That's nothing to scoff at. And he's not old. He's 29 years old. He's a Swiss international. By all accounts, he's going to continue being a Swiss international. So great, great signing for Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, New York Red Bulls are set to sign 25-year-old Argentino, Argentine winger Gonzalo Verón um, of San Lorenzo in Argentina. Yeah, good signing for them. Uh, young player. I believe he's going to be a DP. They're going to announce it tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. That would be uh, their first out of three, right? Yeah, first DP. And, you know, they, it's really starting to come together with Sean Wright Phillips. Um, and uh, uh, Veron. So it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they add anything else to this team. But, you know, they're, they're primed for a run now. And some of their younger players, like Tyler Adams and Sean Davis, have been showing well recently. So 
they, they could be primed for a run. Columbus Crew signed Ghanaian International right back Harrison Uffel from Esperance uh, Sportive de Tunis. Yeah, pretty good. De Tunis. De Tunis. Yeah. We talked about French the last episode. <laughs> Orlando City. Wait, 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 can I talk about the Columbus? Yeah. Um, so it's a good signing for them. They really needed a right back because uh, Hernan Grana, the Argentine right back, um, who they signed before the season, actually parted ways with them in January. Um, so they needed a right back. He is a Ghanaian international, played in the World Cup. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I think Ghanaians call him Aquilino. I think I read that. I think I read that somewhere. So, uh, good signing, good signing. He's, a, he's an international player, so you, you can never have too many of those. Orlando City signed former Real Madrid center back David Mateos. Yeah. I put that in there, the former Real Madrid. I mean, he didn't make any appearances for them. Yeah. I feel like that's really. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he played for the B and C. Most recently, he played for a Hungarian side uh, based in Budapest. I can't remember the name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Budapest. Um, yeah. So, good signing for them. As to the depth. Um, Omar Salgado joins Freddie Adu in Tampa in the NASL. Um, he's on loan from Tigres. And okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting interesting move. Thomas Rongen, the former U20 uh, U.S. coach, uh, bringing in these players like Freddie Adun and Omar Salgado. Salgado still has a lot of potential. Unfortunately, his career has been marred by injuries. You know, he left the Chivas Guadalajara setup after he chose to play for the U.S., and they only allow Mexican players to play for Chivas Guadalajara. Um, got drafted first overall by Vancouver, had two injuries, went to Tigres, somehow got a contract with Tigres, didn't make any... Um, appearances. Yeah, didn't make any appearances. Um, and he's on loan to Tampa Bay, and apparently New England wanted him on loan, so yeah. uh, maybe he'll get some consistent playing time, and we'll be able to form a partnership with Freddie Adu. And you know, actually, Jurgen Klinsman has never been afraid, or hasn't been afraid to call up NASL players. So, I mean, knowing that, it's not a bad place to go. Yeah, I mean, how we can call college players? So <laughs> true, true. Um, also, Maki Tall signed um, with FC Sion in Switzerland. Apparently, he had the U20 striker. Um, apparently, he had uh, a lot of offers from all around Europe and France, the Netherlands, and Germany, um, but decided to go to Switzerland because the team guaranteed him playing time, which I think is a good move for him at this point in his career. They finished seventh in the Swiss Super League last year, so good for him. Yeah, uh, we have a new segment now. I mean, kind of segment. It's called, I mean, it's not called, but... It's about Americans. It's just Americans abroad. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're going to see more of this once, you know, European season starts. More European seasons start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul Ariola scored in a Copa Mekis match. Yeah, you know, he's a, he's a good player. Good for him. Um, he continues to improve, and hopefully he can break into the U.S. national team soon. Erin Johansson played 45 minutes as a sub in Europa League qualifier in 2-0 win. Uh... For AZ versus Istanbul, Basek Sehir. Yeah, Basek Sehir, I think. Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, I mean, not much to say. He came off the bench, played the second half. Uh, Zellem had a beautiful assist and a panenka for Arsenal's U19s in a 4-0 win against Celtic in a friendly. Oh, that's assist. That's just awesome. Yeah. Jose Torres, unused sub in Copa Libertadores final. Yeah, unfortunate. You know, the last time... You know, we've had some... Pretty big players playing in pretty big games. Jose Torres, if he could get onto the field, would be big. We obviously had Clint Dempsey in the Europa League final, and Demarcus Beasley in a, in a Champions League semifinal, which is by far the biggest. Yeah, Ethan Horvath continues to start for Molda in UCL qualifiers in replacement of Nyland. Yeah, um, Molda playing well, playing well. Rubio Rubin scored in a friendly for Utrecht. Continues, yeah, continues to. Play well for them. Hopefully, he can be establish himself as a full time starter at Utrecht. Julian Green started for Bayern too. Oh my god! Oh, I didn't know you were that frustrated. We come full Julian circle. Green. Well, no, I think it's <laughs> stupid to to write him off, but apparently there are reports that he's going to stay with them this season. I mean, I'm just gonna. I don't know. I don't. I'm not going to expect anything. Okay, I'm, I'm going to expect something out of him. But if he he doesn't need to rush his club career, I guess. So yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. Anthony Robinson, made his pro, uh, who's an American youth player, made his pro debut for Everton. Yeah, um, he's a left back. He was Everton's Youth Academy Player of the Year, I believe, um, or U18 Player of the Year. Um, and he made his debut in a friendly against Dundee United. Um, and also one more that I didn't write down, Bobby Wood made his debut for Union Berlin in the Bundesliga 2, which I might have mentioned last time. Um, 
But yeah, that's some Americans abroad. And like Sahil said, we'll, we'll talk about it um, more as, as uh, the season starts to get underway. The Premier League starts, what, eight days? Nine that's, days. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, time for our game. You want to explain it to the people? Yeah. So before the show, one of us picks a player in their head, and uh, the other person hears the player um, late in the episode once we do our segment, and then... On the spot, they don't know the player beforehand. They have to answer three questions about the player. One, what do you think of their game? Two, where do you rate them in their national pool? And three, do you think they'll uh, be in Russia for in 2018 for the World Cup? Right. Assuming their team qualifies, we should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you can't just say, I don't think their team's going to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that that could be a thing. All right. Ready? Yeah. Julian Green. Julian Green. All right. What do I think of this game? <laughs> How much of his game have I seen? Um, he was good in the Toulon tournament. I know you didn't watch that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, watched, I watched a bit of the highlights. No, he looks good in there. And it's, it's nice to see that under... under he's getting, he got some consistent playing time for an American right. national team. But, I mean, okay. He, I'll, I mean, he... From what I've seen of him, he's, he's pretty good. I mean, obviously, he showed well besides just the goal against Belgium and... You know, in some of the friendlies that he's played for the senior men's national team, he's been a bit, uh, you know, he's been falling down, injured himself in the first friendly he played. Right. So, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't enjoy watching him that much, but, I don't know. It's a start. Where do I rate him in the national pool? Not anywhere near the senior team. I... Really? Yeah. I mean, well, you think, assuming he'd play as a wide player for the national team, because we already have enough center forwards to use. But, you know, I mean, just to list a few, we have Bedoya, Zuzi, like even Brad Davis I'd rather put over him, like, right now at this moment. But obviously Brad Davis's international career is coming to an end. But, yeah, those are just some wide players, and there's many more that I'm not thinking of yet, Linzardis, that are ahead of him. So, and then the third question is, do you think he'll be in the 2018 World Cup? I don't think he'll be in the 2018 World Cup. He'll be in the 2022 World Cup, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, just got an alert, actually, that Julian Green's rep today said that he will be staying with Bayern's youth team. Or with Bayern. Yeah. Um, this season. Which might not be... Which actually, you know, all things considered, might not be bad for him. Allow him to get his confidence back. Maybe score some goals, 20, 23 goals like he has before. And then maybe next year, finally break into... Um, it, it's a it's a lot less pressure for him. I mean, he's going to be under a lot less. He scrutiny. probably needs that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, best of luck to Julian Green. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's going to be a, a good to great player. I really do. I still think he has plenty plenty of time. At this time, Dempsey was playing at Fordham University. So let's say like you just saw him play like his few games for the national team, and you didn't, and and you didn't know he was on Bayern. Or you didn't know that, you know, Bayern... I guess I guess that but may be an important is, it factor is important. to consider. It is but, an important factor to consider. But, but what I'm saying is that, like, an MLS player who you, who we've seen, like, 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 like Zardes... Uh, no, not really Zardes, but an MLS player, could, like, shows his talent on the field, and from there we, can, we say, you know, he's going to be a great player in a few years. So... Okay, can I ask you a question? Would Julian Greens be a starter in MLS? <laughs> for which team? Just... For any team, really, would he be a starter at MLS? I mean, for just just in general, in, in general, would he is he a is he starter quality at MLS? I, if not, he's definitely one of the t- first people off the. Bench. I don't think the U twenty threes are like as good as MLS. I mean, are no, they, are the caliber they're playing. Look at Sebastian Letjet. He came over and he's a starter. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I how can how can we say? Okay, but... There's still no proof that Jurgen didn't just call him up because he wanted to, you know... Right, no, there's, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, I'm saying Julian Green, he's at Bayern. That means something. And, and Pep Guardiola's comments uh, mean something, right? They obviously see something in him. You know, I don't, I don't know or if he will end up being a Bayern player, but right now it's a good place for him to develop. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously he's there for a reason, and I understand that, but it's just, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's just hard to hard to say that he's, like, anything, you know, anything more special than some of the other, like, MLS talents that we have. 
Yeah, but you could say that about anyone. No, but, okay, I don't know. I, it, it just seems to me like Julian Green is just, like, such a, like, one of our, like, best prospects. Yeah. And why? All right, who, <laughs> who are you thinking of? Who, who would you rate above him as a prospect right now? In that, as a winger slash striker. Like a young player? Yeah. Or can I just say players that will be playing the 2018 World Cup? No, no, no. Just like a younger player. I mean, how, okay, so so like Yedlin. Okay, you rate Yedlin above? Yeah. I, I mean... But why? Because he's shown well for, for the senior men's national team. Fair enough. On, in more games. Fair enough, fair enough. That's fair enough. But he's also not played nearly as many Premier League minutes as Julian Green played Bundesliga minutes. Yeah, but, okay, well, Julian... Well, Yedlin was a mid-season transfer, and he had he had a lot less time. There was a lot of reasons okay, why yeah, he didn't play a lot of games. that's fair enough, fair enough. All right, Yedlin, I would probably rate above him, too. I, I would agree with that. Who else? Okay, Zardes. Zardes is three years older than Julian Green. Okay, yeah, but okay. I thought we were just naming like. No, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's Zardes is no, but that's important. That's important. Yeah, but it's important to put that into perspective. Where was Zardes three years ago? I'm not saying that that's a knock. That's not a knock on Zardes. I'm just saying Green has time. Yeah, yeah. So another one you like is Joe Zhao. He's also three years older than Julian Green. Joe Zhao was playing for Hoffenheim too three years ago. Yeah. So uh, you don't, and we don't know what, what's going to happen. He has talent. He had a bad season. Let's see what happens. That's all I'm saying. I'm not okay. saying he's going to become the next Donovan or like a Ronaldo type player. But I mean, but, but he, Joe Zhao was a rare case. What do you mean? Like that was just kind of weird how he just randomly transferred from Dortmund, and we, a lot of us didn't even know his name. Well, I knew he was on Hoffenheim too. <laughs> I mean, okay, why? I mean, why would you be looking at Joe Zhao out of all the players he because he's because he's. He was playing in, in the Bundesliga. Two. Or wait. He was playing for Hoffenheim, too. Yeah. I think he made a couple of appearances for Hoffenheim. And then he moved to... Yeah. Bridget I'm pretty sure it was, review, like, under five. No, I don't know. But... I mean, we can look it up right now. But, um... Yeah, but... I'm just... My point is, there's time. Yeah, there is time. But why... But are you saying that I... Are you, are you talking about how he said that he wasn't going to play in the 2018 World Cup? Yeah, he only made two. He made 15 appearances for St. Pauli. Um, oh. I th- they're probably in the Bundesliga played. 2. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know when they were in the If they were in the Bundesliga 2 or the Bundesliga at that time. I mean, it sucks. It sucks that... It sucks that... Um, it sucks that Julian Green had a bad season last season. Uh, maybe he should have gone to a Bundesliga 2 side. You know, the coach got fired. That wanted him... Um, but he's still a top prospect in world soccer. What? Like top 100, top 50, top 100 prospect. Top... <laughs> what? Okay. But, we, but but you have to remember there's so many players playing on Bayern Munich too. Yeah. And, and can he, all of them a, be considered... A, no. Like I'm sure he like... He was a leading scorer. There's like a Croatian on Bayern Munich He was Munich a leading too. scorer, Sahil. Okay, yeah, but, but there's other... But there's Didn't other, he score, like, 23 other... goals in 25 games or something? Yeah, no, no, he had very good numbers in the Bundesliga 4th so, division, but I I don't... Well, where else is he supposed to play at that young of age? But there are other, there are other like, second teams around the world. But, but not, not all of them have the coaching ability and, the, and just the system that Bayern Munich has. So you're saying... If Julian Green is... Practicing with the buyer first team, which he does, that's invaluable experience for him. You know what? I, I like that you said that. <laughs> because it's not the fact that he's playing on Byron, it's what Byron's going to do to him. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. You know, yeah, fine. Maybe that. Sure, he's. No, I don't know. I, I still don't know if you can say he's a top 100 prospect. Okay, maybe or that's just. Maybe that's going a little bit overboard. Yeah, but he's. But he's, he could be. He's top, like, 25 for the U.S. right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. All right, well... Look at Jordan Morris. He hasn't even played played a professional match yet at the club level. And people are already rating him about Julian Green. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, he's had had offers for clubs. For Seattle. Yeah. So he could have gone to Seattle and played. Okay. I I love Jordan Morris. I think he's going to be a great player. But I'm just saying... 
Yeah, that's true. Jordan Morris has shown well for the national team. He scored a goal, but Julian Green scored a goal on the walk. That's true. Not that that in itself means a whole lot that Julian Green scored. Yeah. God, what a Just think back to that moment and how much potential there was in the last 15 minutes of that match and in the next year. <laughs> and it just all went wrong for Julian. Would he gotten loan to Hamburg if he didn't score in the World Cup? Yeah, I think he would have. Maybe. All right, well... Uh, That's a long 10-minute Julian Green discussion. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can get him on someday. <laughs> Wait, doesn't know. his dad follow you on Twitter or something? Yeah. 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 Well, so. I can... I can see. <laughs> Indeed. I yeah. We haven't really talked about this before. But, I was uh, actually thinking about it. I'm going to DM again. Yeah, we got a idea. Yeah. Yeah, so that concludes the show. Uh, we have a, a Twitter for this podcast, at Soccer Bros Pod. You can email us at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. His Twitter is... At Big Time Brownie, mine's at ASR underscore Saho. Uh, my brother writes for Between the Touchlines.com and the US. Um, That's it. Yeah. Uh, review and write us on iTunes. We'll see you next time. See ya.